You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about Enneagram typing and gender differences. Now, I did an episode in the last season on males in the Enneagram and females in the Enneagram, and I talked about which types each of them were. This episode is more about differences between, for instance, a male three and a female three, etc., and perceived differences because, of course, everyone is an individual. So before we get going on that, we're going to talk about just the whole concept of male and female differences in personality, which I find fascinating, and I'm going to give you some research about that. But before we get to that, I just want to talk a little bit about how it's December and holidays and hope you guys are doing well. One of the things I'm really working on personally is trying to eat cleaner and work out a little more intensely because I know that this month and last month have been triggers for me in the past. And I know a lot of you have holiday triggers of grief or issues with majorly overeating, which is a seven gluttony. Hello. Um, So I wanted to invite you guys to that. I'm not doing any specific challenge, but I am just reminding you if you are like me and you have holiday triggers, this is a good time to say before early next year, I want to be intentional. I want to set goals and I want to do better for my body and for my mind and just have that cleanse. So I'm like, I'm going to tell everybody I'm doing that. I haven't had time to share anything about it on stories, but it's been fun. And Wes started to join me too. And as a one, he does not need it the same way I do. He's like, I've been doing that too. Now I'm like, really? But I love it for him because he feels good about his day and where he works. He is getting bombarded. As you can imagine, they have a lot of drug reps come in with foods and dinners every day. And as a one, he's been pretty good about it, but it's been intense because coworkers and the drug reps are bringing in goodies every day during the holidays. So if you're at that type of job, or if you're like me, and 2020 has been a year where you have been snacking more because you're at home more, then maybe it's time for you to do something where you feel better about yourself in that way of saying before the holiday craziness hits, I'm already working on stuff. And so that way I can partake in some of the fun of the holidays. Like we were doing our kitchen chemistry at my friend's house this week and they had made pre-made cupcakes for my nine's birthday. And I'm like, I'm going to have a cupcake. It's just a place of intention and saying, okay, this is really a treat. It's not just an everyday thing or it's not just an every afternoon or evening thing like I can do at different seasons of life. So hope you'll join me in that. I'm still doing my pop sugar workouts today. My nine is keeping me on cardio as much as I want bar workouts or just Pilates workouts. And she's keeping me going on cardio because as you nines know, this is where it's at for you guys. And she knows it. And my son the other day said to her, Melody, when are you going to quit it with these daily workouts? And I was so proud of her because she said, excuse me, she said, I'm in the body triad. And if you know anything about body types, we have to get a daily workout because we'll sleep better and we'll process our lives better. So I don't want her to get obsessive about it, but I like that she knows that even if it's just something for five or 10 minutes and she loves to bake and snack and it's not like she's worried. She's just in the space of knowing what's good for her. So I love that. And with him being more of my type, he's like, Hmm, I want my treats. I don't know if I want to do that yet. Um, So I hope you will learn that too later. Um, I also want to say regarding the body types, the heart types and the thinking types, I'm so excited to do some shows on this in the future because as much as I think all of our personality types are so important, I really want you to know that when we study each of our triads and learn about our issues we have within the body, within the mind, within the heart, then we have a whole other layer of work we can do. So I've done a little bit of that last season, but we're going to be hopping into that very soon also. A couple more quick updates. I'm going to be doing a fun episode for you guys. As I said, Olivia and I recorded it, so it's just a matter of getting it out there. And it's just a fun one. I have a lot of people who are listeners that are closer to her age than mine, and I wanted to make sure that I didn't go completely cerebral on you guys. So we did a show where we are really just having fun again and finishing up that episode where we were typing people from the office and we used the movie The Holiday as our fun holiday 
holiday movie. It was the one we could agree on. We both really like it for a once a year watch. So that'll be a fun episode coming up on a Friday. So look out for that. And that way you can have fun with us if you're like, I want that. Or if you're like, no, 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 I want my Enneagram research in my serious episodes, then you can skip that one. But We had fun recording it and we had gotten so cut off during quarantine that I really wanted to honor her with some time on air because she's awesome and she's on her own now. And I think that's really important that I remember what a gift it was to start recording with her in her studio. And now I'm at home and it is what it is. The sound isn't probably quite as good, but I'm really loving it and I'm loving the research. I'm digging a lot deeper, but I also want to remember those of us who are like, Crystal, let's take a break. And I don't want to leave my seven behind altogether for my five space. So joining you guys in that, if you're that type who loves that fun stuff. I also lastly want to let you know about a contest. So we are almost at the one year mark for this podcast that comes December 29th. So on December 29th, I will announce the winner of the podcast contest. How you enter is you leave a podcast review. I'm going to be picking a winner who will receive a 30 minute Q&A with me as well as any two t-shirts of their choice from my Enneagram merch and also my R&R series. So if you know anything about me, you know I like to write books that are very treatment plan oriented. I like to have a rhythm. I like to be comprehensive with my marriage workbooks and the R&R system is very comprehensive. If you like to do that at home, it's like you're getting coaching and we can brainstorm and strategize about it for 30 minutes. And then of course, couples t-shirts with your Enneagram types and your ways of loving the world. So I also want to let you know with our merch being back out, I am happy to give you a 25% off t-shirt or hoodie by using the code merch. And to enter the contest, just make sure you leave the review and let me know you leave it at Apple Podcast. So much fun to hear about those of you who said that this show was one of your favorites on Spotify, by the way, too. I love how they do that where they were asking, hey, what's going on at the end of the year? Tell us your favorite podcast just to be considered was so much fun. I'm so grateful. It's been a fun place for me to share with you guys. But now we're headed into our Enneagram typing and gender differences. So I wanted to let you know, I did a survey with the Instagram group and you guys were about three quarters feeling that Enneagram typing mattered more than gender differences. And several of you had made comments and I did share them all. I didn't have the bandwidth to comment on them all this time, but I did share them all, I believe. And there was a lot of you who said to each other, hey, I don't think that we need to overdo on gender. I want to make sure that we don't just stereotype people. So I was really mindful of that with you. But I also really liked when you guys said, But in truth, I have noticed this or that Enneagram type experiencing life in this or that way. That seems to be different from the male or the female. So these were just your assertions. There wasn't a whole lot of negative judging. Nobody was actually that way. And then there was tons of people in the DM saying, but I know somebody like this. So I want you to know, sometimes you might've seen a comment and I just left it there because you know what? This is opinion-based. And we've been doing social learning research as a culture for many years, and we are not gonna solve this today, but we can at least share our thoughts about it together and learn and grow together. So before I go type by type through some of the differences that we've named, I want to let you know there's a lot of research about male and female differences in the brain. And we always leave off with nature or nurture. Even the articles that are talking about it from a scientific and animal research always say that too. So I'm not taking that as, oh yeah, it's all animal and it's all gender-based differences. I just think that I like to look at things on both sides because there's a lot of great research that's been done. I have an article and several articles you can take a look at in the show notes about men and women's brain differences. And this is important that you see that we don't want to have the neurosexism going on where we're falling prey to stereotypes or being too quick to interpret human sex differences as biological rather than cultural. However, there's a lot of animal research, cross-cultural surveys, natural experiments, and brain imaging studies that do tell us that we have real, even if they're not earth-shaking brain differences. So you do want to make sure that you take a look at that as well, knowing, okay, there's rhesus monkeys that have been studied, and males strongly preferred toys with wheels over plush toys, whereas female monkeys found plush toys more likable. And we can't really say, oh, this is because their parents bought them sex toys 
type toys or the society encouraged them to play with trucks. This is inherent and we have differences in the brain, not only with animals, but with humans. We have males having uh, different amygdalas and even bigger, which you wouldn't always expect. And we have women with better memories and better ability to go through the corpus callosum and to cross communicate on both sides of the brain. So we have to look at that and see that uh, sex differences are even there for spatial visualizing ability in two to three month old infants. So there's a lot of differences you can see there as well as in sex hormones and sex chromosomes. But what I want to tell you is that we do have a learning theory that is continuing to develop. And there's, of course, going to be some background with some psychodynamic theory that it's Freud and mother and father based learning and your inherent traumas. And then we have the ones we've talked about even on this show with Bandura and the Bobo dolls. And we have Dr. Robert Sears and Bandura doing a lot of early foundational work. But what they continued to come across was that information processing is very important, as well as these early mother and father interactions. So what you take in, in other words, from the whole culture is important. And this is fascinating to me as well. Also, what you give back is important to how personality types and social learning development takes place, which will influence your personality type. So that's fascinating. And this duality of you influencing the world and the world influencing you, of course, reminds me of your Enneagram glow, us really trying to help our spouses to be at their best and them doing the same for us and us coming up with something different together that's even better. So we have to take all of this into consideration that This is important research that has a lot of facets and nuances, and we can't just look at one thing, I don't think, to say yes or no. And and let's not be obsessive about Enneagram either. Let's put it in its proper place. This is an amazing test. It has so many facets. And there are other tests that test masculinity and femininity, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. But I just want you to have the understanding of the layers so that you know it isn't typically extremely black and white. Although you can say if you go through Eric Erickson's levels of psychosocial development, if you go through Eric Erickson's levels of psychosocial development, you are going to see some pretty basic standards that I think we can say like, okay, this is when we learn trust and mistrust. And this is when we learn personal agency. And when we learn not to be ashamed, but to be able to have some competency. So there's different things you can look back if you want to do some research on how human brains and social learning form and male female differences. And I'm going to leave some of them in the notes for you so you can really get a fuller grip on that, as well as start contemplating, wow, what does Enneagram, how does Enneagram research fit into all this? And how can I love my spouse to get us to be more practical and less theoretical in the way that they need to be loved and taking all that into consideration that maybe there are some brain differences and some sex hormones and some chromosomal differences that make us more prone to certain actions and behaviors as well as, not instead of, our Enneagram types. Another thing people really look at when they look at Uh, Enneagram and types is, like I said, masculinity and femininity. And usually masculinity is ranked in terms of instrumentality, mastering tasks, accomplishment, and femininity is looked at as connectivity and cooperation. But I want to also remind you that studies tell us that both of these are needed for demands in the world. So as much as certain genders may have developed a propensity for certain activities, you really do best when you're like, okay, I need to be able to master tasks in the world and do that with creativity and bravery. Even if people think I'm too masculine or that I'm overstepping my female bounds, but you also need connectivity and cooperation and nurturing. So I think you need to keep that in tension with yourself and try not to go overboard on either direction. I've said to Wes so many times, oh, if I was a man, I could do this. But I'm like, but I'm a woman and my primal instinct is to protect my children. And they've actually taken mice brains and taken, sadly, certain areas out of their brain and they see that this gets lost. So I'm not negating it. I'm just saying, 
I get it for all the women who are like, ugh, it's so hard not being able to fulfill all of my potential, but we are fulfilling another important potential when we're not ignoring our mothering or our um, femininity. So I want you to pay attention if you notice for you that your type seems to be all masculine or all feminine or all androgynous because then you can play around with it and and stepping out of the game altogether and saying I'm not going to do any of that is not good. You need assertiveness and accomplishment and connectivity. So just try to balance it out as usual. The typically masculine types are 8, 7, and 5. The typically feminine types are 2, 9, and 4. And the typically androgynous types are 6, 1, and 3. And don't forget tri-type because the authors like Judith Earle, who have really put a lot of work into Enneagram and knowing which types are the most feminine and the most masculine, etc., they have also acknowledged that it's important to look at that tri-type so you know what's going on here. When I when I took the test, I'm going to leave in the show notes for masculinity and femininity. It's a very basic test. I came up like 80% feminine as a seven, but in my tri-type, I have a nine and the four, and those are both feminine. So I try to balance. And hopefully that's a result of me having the brain hormones trying to balance out so that I'm not completely overpowered by the feminine. And my seven is in the lead. So that's why I'm always saying to us, oh man, like it's hard to pull me away from my work, but the instincts to be a mother pull me away and make me and it's inherent. And that's what pulled me away from getting a PhD before I, after my master's, I just, I'm like, I have to have children. So it was very strong. And I think that for all of us, we have a different story about that. So you should talk about that with your spouse and see how you've landed and see what your tri-type is. What is your dominant type in your body center? What is your dominant type in your thought center? And what is your dominant type in your feeling center? And you might look at those and say, okay, so this is how it's playing out. And I see an extremity with myself where I need to be careful that I don't forget to do mastery and task accomplishment, or I, I've lost my sense of nurturing and connecting because I'm over the top in this other area. So we have to watch for that. I watch for that with you guys. So that's important for us to look at. And I was noticing with Judith Earle's research, she talks about the, um, the powerful difference between an opposition between such types as fours and eights who might be seen as, and I've said this about twos as well before, twos and fours, I would say, versus eights, is there's this strong feminine and this strong masculine. And it's this opposition that you see. And it's so funny because when Elena did her drawing for the four and the eight pairing, I noticed we called it fierce love and it's these two tigers, but she has the four as this beautiful white tiger and the eight as this big vibrant tiger with the typical bright coloring. And so you see that in the art as well, that there is an opposition, but there's love and playfulness between when you can grapple healthily. So beautiful. Love it. It's chilling in a good way. Okay. So let's go through the types. One's on our survey, a lot of you said, I think ones are people who males get a little more credit in society. And I'm not sure if that's always what I see in my practice. I see a lot of female ones who have been rock stars in the work world and managed not only life at home, but at work as well, because they do have a strong sense of, I need to take care of myself. But I also have that understanding that some of you have related to female ones who haven't felt their power in the work world and haven't felt permission to be there. And I've definitely talked with females like this in my practice, but usually what they do is they end up deciding that they are going to not let that stop them. So that might be them on a journey saying, I'm really aware of my need to be out in the world doing something or nowadays with the 2020 world and even some very creative ones who aren't as high on the social level, they've done that by doing work at home, whether they have a floral business that's at home and stunning pictures come out and they have a maybe their own shop or maybe they have a law practice they're running from their own office at home. There are a lot of ones who are really deciding to go out on their own, to be brave 
brave to do their own thing, even if they're seen as the compliant stance or the androgynous stance. They're finding their places of assertion at their healthy seven level, and they're going for it. So I want to encourage you female ones who feel like you're depressed at home, and maybe you've had children, to find a way to bring out your gifts for bringing order and creativity and goodness to the world. Even if it means you're not working a job, but you're doing a volunteer position, this is usually an important position for female ones that we don't see male ones struggle with typically and traditionally as much. Male ones play the role of the worker because they are very traditional and they want to work outside of the home. As they grow older, however, sometimes they can grow resentful of having to do that role and say, I'm working harder than everyone else. And when there's an opportunity for retirement, they want to come home and work and they get a little sad because they find their worth through work. And so it's a bit confusing for a one in the different life stages, just like all of us when we go through life stages. And I think the male one has to say, I have worth outside of my work. They have to actually do work to get there with a therapist usually, and they have to process that with other goals that they set for themselves. And I think the female, like I said, the position is traditionally, I'm battling that nurturing side of my brain that knows my kids need me to be there for them and I'm gonna use my one gifts in the home. But a lot of the time they, they do find that they're needed either financially or they're needed because their own emotions are overtaking them and their hormones are acting up if they don't get some work out there. So these are the differences I've seen in male ones versus female ones. And the ones you listed, like I said, were that you've seen male ones get more credit in society. And I would agree with you on that, that any female who's looked at as a truth teller, which often ones are like threes. They're often looked at as, I'm not afraid to be honest, to stand up for what I believe is right and good. Sometimes they're looked at as not as likable or as cold or as shocking even that they keep bringing the same issue up. But they'll tell you, if I believe in something and it doesn't get addressed, then I'm going to keep bringing it up. And I gave that example last week of they will address issues if they believe in them and they don't have to be liked. They want to be liked, but that is not the top of their list. Doing what's right matters more to them than being liked. So sometimes people bristle. And if you have a wife who is a one, make sure that you honor her gifts and you let her know that you care about her and that even if she's struggling with the rest of the world, understanding her, thinking she's too big or that she's taking up too much space like an eight just because she won't be quiet, that you can say, I believe in you. And, And you can also help to soften your male or female one because I live with a male one and I've had to soften him at times when coworkers over the years have said, you think you're better than others. And so it's not just for female ones there, but I feel that we're harder on our female ones. And that's what you guys said too. So those are some good tips. And in your marriage to remember that if you have a female one who's struggling at home, that you might say, okay, she's looking at this world and seeing all the day-to-day monotony of toys not being picked up. She needs an outlet. That's very important. So I really hope that you will look at that with her and give her some grace and give her some ideas if she wants them. I've also seen female ones say, some of my clients tell their spouses, I don't want to be fixed. I I know how to fix myself. I just want a listener. So just be aware of that, that as much as ones like to fix, they might not want to be fixed. Their inner critic is strong enough for both of you. Okay, now type two, when we talk about stereotypes, this being a feminine type, we know that male twos have a harder time being typed and they may not even want to be typed as a two because of the stereotypes out there. So what I want to point out to you guys is that the people who talked to me on Instagram really just said, I don't know many twos out on the stories, but in the DMs, people were saying, I have a very loving generous too, who's very kind and giving. And will I got somebody's text of showing their husband's snow shoveling and another one saying that their father-in-law is the warmest, kindest, most nurturing too. So I can tell you from my male two clients, a difference between male and female twos is Sometimes a wife will complain that her two isn't active enough for her. If it's a male, they may say, I'm struggling because they don't lead me the way I need to be led. I want to remind you, male twos, to 
make sure that you are standing at alert with any leadership qualities that you have because this is attractive to most women and not if it's not attractive to your wife. Everyone is different. And that's why you guys said you think Enneagram type matters more than gender. But I think that it's important that you look at the fact that many times women have in culture been the one to wait for the male to go gather and hunt. And so anything you can do to help them to feel protected with your eight side feels really good to them in general. And sometimes when you don't have hobbies of your own, I've had clients struggle who say, my wife no longer finds me attractive because I don't have any self-care. I'm always looking to do things, just the two of us. And then it's a very easy fix when that's the case, because the minute they start getting self-care and doing a little bit more of the dance versus always ready, always available, their spouse is charmed again. And you see that it's a beautiful game of, like I said, chess versus this, oh man, I already know everything about this dance. There's absolutely never going to be another move. We're just going to stay in the same old roles. And my husband's a really big bore and a pushover. So that's something that some would welcome but others would find unhelpful, unhealthy, not traditional enough. So look at your marriage. Don't look at the marriage to the left or the right. Man, if I was married to this person, they would see me as this way. Um, Because you're not, you're married to your person. And there's a lot of good growing you two can do together. Another thing I want to mention with the twos is the female two tends to be seen and heralded as the easier wife to have, um, And so that's a stereotype also that we are all individuals that you do have to understand that the female too comes with her issues and she has to look at herself and be willing to say, I'm going to take a look at pride or manipulation. I'm going to be able to, I'm going to take a look at the fact that my spouse needs some space not to be always with me and to take a step back and not try to control them. These are very important things for two females to look at and male twos as well. But what I really want to caution you guys about is when I've seen infidelity in the twos, it's typically because somebody was caring and nurturing outside of the marriage with the opposite sex. So make sure that if you're having a difficult season, that you're even better with your boundaries, not looser. And I think that that's where a lot of couples twos or nots make their mistakes because they're like, oh, we're struggling. So we're going to invite a separation in and we're going to invite third parties in that we can rescue. And that feels good to be needed. Uh, especially for a two in this particular case. So make sure you're mindful of the fact that you can get self-care while you're waiting for you and your spouse to iron things out and you can directly sit down and address conflicts and have time with God where you're more philosophical and more thought oriented and that will help you. Moving on to type threes, I want to let you know that I was sad to read from some of you who felt that female threes were not getting their attention and culture when it comes to just being allowed to be an achiever. So hard, so sad. I'm so sorry about that. I really love that you are trying to be achievers. You're threes. You have the glory of God around you. I was just reading in the Bible app uh, devotional about the glory that God is. And I was thinking about threes. So I think that's so important that you guys are looking at I don't want to change. I have so much to give to the world, but maybe you're a self-preserving three, or maybe you're a female three who feels like if I really show my glory and all I can do, I won't have any friends. And I would encourage you to remember, don't lean on your three wing two prideful side. Don't become as moody if you can help it with your three wing four side there. Try to just be a solid three right there and say, you know what? I have these gifts and I'm going to use them and I hope others will like them, but I'm going to find my tribe because there's always going to be people who like my gifts and there's always going to be people who don't. And even Jesus said a prophet has no honor in his own hometown with his own people. So just understand there's going to be a lot of people that you don't get to do that with. And that's going to be very humbling. And that's why I recommend in the glow guides for threes to really take some time to volunteer and to get to know just the the more humble aspects of life because that's good for you. It balances you and grounds you and makes you not always the center. 
So let the home people say you're just dad or you're just, you know, this guy I don't even recognize, but where you're supposed to shine, shine and shine brightly. And if you can shine in those other places too, go for it. But I just don't want you to think just because you can't do it everywhere that you can't do it in select areas. Make sure you are vibrant where you can be. And of course, whether male or female, watch that your charm doesn't distract you. Watch that it's more about I'm happy and I'm joyful to be sharing my wonderful gifts, but I'm not going to take it into a level that's going to hurt my marriage and hurt another person ultimately who's not even part of my marriage and doesn't know my complexities and doesn't know how much I want achievement and attention. And so for male threes, I think you're given a, a more of a lot and an acceptance and culture to be beautiful and powerful with the, this glorious gift. And, and even as I lamented, you have a bit more time to do that. But I also want to say that I understand it can be addictive. I understand that as much as it can be addictive for us females, there's this draw that is powerful in most of us that pulls us back. And many threes have a tri-type with some other places where they can move to that feminine space. But I also want to let you know, whether you do or not, what's important as a three is that you remember that you're much more than your achievements. You have worth right from the beginning and your life has value even on the days when you're resting and you've got to make sure you don't look at that and say, I'm a male and I have to achieve and I'm a narcissist because I don't go deep on anything and I just only look at my achievements and anyone in the way is going to get knocked down. And I also want to say there's room for narcissists to grow and change. So even if you're like, ooh, I do look at that profile of what a narcissist looks like and it's me, I want you to look at yourself and say, hey, there's a lot of trauma basis here. What can I do every day to be more in touch with healthy emotions and to sit with the things that are not able to be spreadsheeted or goals knocked out and just lived in in these these moments that are tough and raw for me to just feel my own feelings versus being that chameleon with others and their issues or you knocking it out of the park with work. What can I do to just feel my feelings? I mean, that's scary, but it's important. And I do hope you'll save a good 30 minutes a day when you're in a season like that to do that. And if music's the only way you can connect and start, then start there. I have, okay. Looking at fours, I want to let you know, fours are looked at as a little bit more of the feminine type but I have not met many four men that I have felt were feminine. What I mean is I know a lot of four males and not one of them seems feminine, but they all seem very emotionally intuitive. And that's why they get that title of feminine. I hope they don't mind it because it's something that we just already stated was that you're going to need all the different things. You're going to need to have the connectivity and the expressiveness. So I've met amazing rhetoricians who are wonderful at rhetoric as a four and just evoking that emotion from us when it needs to be with that pathos that Socrates reminds us of. I've met amazing fours who are musicians, and I know you have too, and I know a lot of you listen to great podcasts by fours. I also know that you really probably, like me, know fours that are in other fields that wouldn't be seen as feminine at all, like IT or data management or working on the line. I know my four nephew tried being a nurse, but during COVID, he's like, I'm not doing this job. It's too much of a trigger for me. And he is at Chrysler. And you know, I'm from Detroit. If you've listened to this podcast before, ultimately from Detroit. So a lot of my friends' families always worked at Chrysler GM. My grandparents worked at GM. There's just a big culture for that. And I don't know what area he'll end up in, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was designed like his five father, who's an engineer. And so you do see these fours in all kinds of fields, but they're emotional and they're wonderful at knowing how to go to the depths. And so sometimes people might say they're a feminine type, but they really don't show up as feminine typically in culture in the ways of, as one of them said, you might've noticed on Instagram, I don't craft. I'm not somebody that does that kind of four stuff, but I want to talk deep. And I've always been very close to this nephew. And I think it's because ever since he was born, he had that depth and sensitivity. And even he was the one who had 
sound issues and cried a lot as a baby. And I felt so bad for my three sister because he was so intense with his crying even then, but he just got a very romantic, solid and healthy relationship with a longtime girlfriend that it's almost certain they'll marry. And he's really a good guy, but you wouldn't think of him and say, oh, there's Camden who's feminine, you would say there's Camden who has depths, who's got this richness. When I've gone through struggles, big ones, and I don't like pain as a seven, I noticed last time I went to Michigan and I was like the last night I was staying with my sister before I flew out in the morning and he came downstairs late at night, had waited up for me and said, oh, by the way, I heard you were uncomfortable. I brought you these medicinal properties. And I thought, are you kidding me? You're like 20 years old, not even. And you're so thoughtful already. And I just about bald. And when I uh, was first dyeing my hair, you know, dark hair goes gray quickly. He was like, I don't want you dyeing your hair. I don't want you dyeing it. And I was like, you're like 10 years old. Like, what do you care? But he was like, be real. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like you guys are, you are deep people, you fours. And it's very kind because there's a lot of good there. So don't try to mistake femininity for just being sensitive. And so it's not a word I'm familiar with or would want to use with most of my male for people that I work with. So I would kind of shy away from saying that, but you guys might not care. You might be listening as a four and saying, I don't care if you call me feminine, but that would be my first take for all of us. And then as far as the four female, I think we are seeing her in every culture And she is the, like I said, not just the two, but the four as the quintessential female who is very much somebody who is seen as emotional. And I would say Marianne from Sense and Sensibility, if you're a Jane Austen fan, who's really gifted with just going to the depths and the dregs of her emotions when she's very upset and not wanting to be consoled and pushing it past the, t- the part of consolation. This is kind of the archetypal female, but this is not always how fours are. And so you do have to say, okay, I get and I can see the archetype of a four painted here vividly for me, but I definitely know that fours do best when they're in routine and when they're not just an archetype or a meme, but that they have a job usually and that they usually have um, something that they have as a job, whether it be a parenting job or they love gardening or they are at the work site or doing a part-time job while being a parent. There's usually something structured going on for a four and there's usually a good deal of Uh, creativity, as well as healthy amounts of excellence, like a perfectionist one. So there's a lot of helping and compassion there. And I think that goes with both genders. And I think that we need to remember that so we don't just overly meme a female for either. Like I said, if you want to really understand fours even better, make sure you listen to Ian Cron's podcast, Typology, because he is a male four. And I believe he's the sexual four subtype, which several of the male fours I know are this subtype. So a lot of people think that male fours are more assertive and they're sensitive, but maybe not quite as sensitive as the Marianne figure. But I have known some fours to lament really hard. So I don't know if we can stereotype on either way. I think we have to keep leaving room for individuality, which is frustrating for an episode like this. But thank you for acknowledging that there are trends with me because that helps. I've also heard some of you say that four males are way moodier. So I did grow up with a four male brother and he was very moody. But I think that all the male clients I have that are fours yeah, they have a tendency to mood, but that's what we say fours are like. And I also live with a 15-year-old four and she's a mood. And that's what they say about all teens right now. So I think that as they grow up, I'll have a sense for her to be moody still just because she always was. And I think that's being a four. So I don't know if I can say more or less with males or females having been so close with both. But I think that they move us in our emotions in such beautiful ways that everything is forgivable if they are moody because we understand their feelings are so big and they're hopefully doing their work to work on not just being a mood. Whether you're a four male or female, don't forget to let other parts of your personality out as well instead of allowing yourself to just become 
a flatline emotion who can't move forward and who is only in victim mentality and who is, yes, having a lot of reasons to lament. Life is extremely hard at times, but who can still say there are blessings and there are good things. So each day I do get up and I do move. I also want to make a quick note here because this belongs in the section of this podcast about fours, fives, and sixes that a lot of these three types right here don't like to personality type. Sometimes men don't want a personality type as much as women in general. So it might not be just their type, but this is where we may have some of those gender differences as well. As we move into type fives, I'd like to briefly talk about an archetype of a male who I think Ernest Hemingway paints in his stories sometimes. And I glossed over it before when I was saying, oh, I have a great literature metaphor for Enneagram work when I was doing Old Man in the Sea. But uh, with my pod of girls, I'm not out teaching in the community anymore, but I still have a Zoom pod of literature kids who are home for the semester. And we were talking about a book a friend recommended. It's a short story actually of his, and it's thought to be the perfect archetypal story of human beings, The Short Happy Life of Francis McComer. And I really think that one of the main characters is a five male, and that the five is classified as really strong and wonderful. But I also think the woman has a lot of five elements and she is painted as the villain of the story. So I wanted to insert that right at the five spot that I think that I actually read a lot of stories, The House on Mango Street and Joy Luck Club and all these different stories with the girls. It's all girls in my pod this year. And usually I teach both, but I've noticed that I've had to watch myself that I'm not creating a completely feminine or feminist even curriculum because I want them to understand this is a unique opportunity I have to just teach women. But when we were reading this story, I had to tell them, you know, this is some of the frustrations men have with women. And it was unfortunate because it's Hemingway's work, which we see his clean symbols make him so rich at storytelling and such a heralded author and why it's called the perfect story is he has guns, he has love, he has the hunt in there, the symbols of power and a lion and all of these symbols of what people truly want in order to become the true essential man or woman and the middle years, they're 35 year old. It's, it's sad, it's stark, it's bleak and it's desolate. There's no spiritual life there. It's just void of meaning and purpose and goodness. And so I think that I want to say, let's be careful that we don't nuance our fives too much to leave them void of relational qualities in our stories and the stories we talk about with them. A lot of my fives have emotion. And when I say my fives, I just mean the ones I work with regularly and care deeply. And they're a lot like twos and eights in some ways where they have these deep, deep emotions. And so even if you want to characterize them as masculine a little bit, you can really do that in a way that just says, you know, I love that you're ambitious and that you're focused and that you know what you want and that you don't want to be controlled. But I also recognize that there is a very strong relational quality. And I think this is why sometimes fives don't like to be personality typed because they're like, you've missed something important here. And I do have feelings, but I'm very private with them. And I've had a lot of five males get up to leave a session when the emotion hits them and then come back when they're ready. And I think that's really beautiful for them to be feeling and to want to honor others with that space. And as a seven, I really get it, very much get it. And I think anyone probably in the thinking triad does get it. So we have to be not stereotyping about fives, not being relational or having any ideas of human connection because they very much do, but it's just privately experienced. And a lot of the time it is experienced more as a thought because as we've shared before on here, sometimes there is the recognition that emotions aren't as helpful and they're not as survival based. And so that's, you know, part of this story. But Again, the five male, that's a beautiful thing. We see it as great, but the five female can be very much misunderstood like the eight female. And so we have to be very careful that we understand that a five female carries in all the traits I talked about earlier, 
as a female intrinsically with some of her brain and hormone issues and and blessings. I don't want to say just issues, but there are ways that female fives can access feelings and emotions often a little bit to a deeper level than male fives. So don't write off your female friends if you've got some and you think, oh no, I learned about the Enneagram. She doesn't know how to feel. That is not what a female five typically wants you to think about her. And there may be some who say, yeah, I have written off emotions but it's not the norm. So if they have, they have good reason for it. They're doing their best. They're doing their baby steps. But if they haven't, don't put them in that box and don't put a male five in a box either in a lot of ways, because what I typically hear from male fives or those whose wives tell me that their husband seems to be a male five, I usually remind them that it's okay to try to work within the framework of what you think that type would have happen. But fives really don't want to be labeled by you and put in a box. So just be careful that you understand how to learn and to grow with them, but don't just nuance them to the point of saying, I know exactly all about you. You're a five, you're a five, you're a five, because they'll get angry and react and not change and shut down. So I know this is a marriage podcast. I want to give you a few marriage tips in here as we analyze these differences. And that's a really important one. A lot of you are married to fives. It's a very common type for a man. I can't wait to hear more of Truity personality assessments research on all the types. I think they're doing a huge Enneagram project right now. So when they're on the podcast early February, we'll get to hear exactly how many of each type. And I recently did the pairings, but I didn't have nearly as many as I would have liked to make bigger inferences. But 5-9 was a pretty big pairing with the fives and 5-7 was an even bigger pairing. Sixes are the classic friend and loyalist and troubleshooter. And so you can imagine there's a lot of five wing six guys and there's a lot of six guys out there who like to do their troubleshooting. And six wing five is a little bit more common than six wing seven and both with both male and females from the research I've done. But I really think that our sixes are definitely people who want to, like ones, have order and have routes established. And I think that that goes for males and females. But I think that the six male has a bit more of a trend toward introversion in this sense. In culture, he, like other men of different personality types, can be very good about taking care of his own business And especially with the counterphobic six who doesn't always go with the flow, but sometimes goes against the grain and people who run the show themselves confused with eight a lot, especially the counterphobic six, because they do have that I'm going to face my fears directly. And so there's a bit more ease to do this on your own. And there's not quite as much of a need, except maybe in a global sense or a big political sense to side with a group as a six. And this I'm distinguishing between the female six, who in my experience wants to find small, medium and big groups to be close to even more. So it's not that the the male sixes don't like family. It's just I've been able to see a lot of them say, okay, I'm a worker. I like to be funny. I like to be punctual. I like to be organized. And I like family a lot, but I'm not as desperate for some of my familial connections as sometimes a Um, a female six. And here's an example of it. I've seen six males say, I have to realize my family has so much trauma that I can walk away, or I'm going to distinguish the fact that I need to walk away. Whereas sometimes females may say I'm a bit more tribal and, you know, I'm going to hang out with my family no matter what. And that's the archetype we get a lot for an Enneagram work of the six. But I just want to lay claim to the fact that not all the sixes I've worked with that are male are like that because sometimes they're like, okay, you know what? Family is amazing, but they have their flaws and I'm going to do this all by myself. And a female is a little bit more like, okay, there's going to be times in my life when I'm literally nesting and I'm going to need all my people. And I think as women, we do have a lot of physically in the sense of us having the babies and us having to literally stop life. You can't in most cases just keep going and say, okay, I had a baby today. Tomorrow I'm going to work. I know I mentioned Craig Stratton, my therapist's wife, Mary Kay. She is amazing nine strength where she almost did that. But I I know she took a break, even if she didn't need one. And I think that a lot of the time, six women are very hard workers and very loyal, but they need their community a little bit more because of those times when we're not quite as strong physically 
during when we're having babies, or you could say muscle mass. A lot of women aren't quite as strong and there's that perceived threat of a disturbance of the environment. And so the male six has a bit more in his own essence to say, I'll probably never be stopped in that way. Or in those ways, it'll be less likely for me to be stopped by a predator. Now you're still going to see both types want to protect the family because they care, uh, but they're just doing it in different ways. The female maybe by more connections with other people and the six male. Yes, definitely. Like I said, on a big level, but sometimes either can be very good at managing their money and very, very conservative with their money. Thinking of three female sixes who would be mad at me for saying that male sixes tend to really want this. And a female six might be more likely to say, I will do good with the money, but I also am looking for a male to take this aspect on. That just happens in culture. We can't ignore it or pretend it doesn't exist. It does. And there's reasons for it that are survival-based. So we also have the six male who may be into gun collecting or family security at home. And that's important. And I have a six brother-in-law who's excellent about that and very caring and engineer. And, you know, I think that's important to look at the beautiful brain of each type and say there's a gift that each type brings. And this is what a six male is created to do is to protect and to provide. So they have these innate things going on. And we think of the classic female six with her big purse, with her tissues. And, you know, there's just a different meme for both. But like I said, we can't just meme people. So give a lot of gray areas for these sixes and all types. On to sevens. I think what's really important as we look at the seven is that we see that the male seven has a lot of features, especially the male seven wing eight that make him attractive in culture. And he's strong and he's creative and he's able to be at the top of a company and he's able to be charming enough to get the support, but genuine enough that people don't think he's a narcissist. I think that he has a lot of advantages and his busy ADHD sometimes brain is seen as an eccentric, wonderful wizard type. And he is going to save the world with all that he can do as a Renaissance man, whereas the woman seven sometimes gets looked at as a flirt, as some of you said, or just a hot mess and a, a very strong meme. Which, but I just, I have to own, these are my core issues. And I think that there's so many negative archetypes out there about the seven female that I really don't like it. It's like you meet somebody and you're like, admitting something really bad about yourself is how you feel. And maybe you feel that about your type too, but sometimes that's how I feel about being a seven. And so I think of how other women wrote in and said they felt the same. And I want to say, I get that with you. And I don't usually get emotional on this show, but that's a very real thing. And there's backstory with every type. As we've said, if you listen to the episode by episode of each type and their particular issues, those are important to watch out for because those episodes really give you a sense for why people develop into their personalities. And then thankfully, what they have left that's still good. And then as we do our growth work, we're always refining. We're always working toward our health and stress arrows and trying to be our best of our subtypes and wings. So I want to remind you not to completely demoralize the female seven, but to give both a sense of grace as well as knowing that male sevens can struggle too. And I've dealt with male sevens who have had issues with infidelity and have been working on how to find their way back to their marriages after that. I've worked with male sevens who are struggling with finding a career that they can stick to or how to manage a big life with kids and not be able to leave on trips whenever they want and not be able to fly by the seat of their pants. And so despite having a maybe a little more freedom because they're not the ones to childbear and to nurse, there's a lot of male sevens that have to do their work to, like I say to other types sometimes, really not be overly charming with women out there who may not understand. There's already a lot of responsibilities at home that he needs to attend to. 
and he's running from it because he's anxious. So I want to remind you, male sevens, as much as it may be in your favor, the way the world works, you have to do your work or it'll come crashing down and you'll run from your family and you will miss out on the best times of your life. And to the female seven, I do believe your nurturing qualities save you there some, but you also need to make sure that you watch out for not flirting in the sense of most of you said that's not your experience, but just your joy is infectious. And so if you plant it on a man, he may think you like him. So you have to be able to let him know and understand the nonverbals of the long stares and the higher pitch laughter. You can watch your own laughing to even monitor. Am I laughing a lot longer with my male friends than my female friends because it's more exciting or intoxicating? And that way you can really give yourself some humanity and say, this is what all people do sometimes when they're in the presence of the opposite sex. But you can also say, this is a seven issue and I want to bring sevens more class. And I want to make sure that we're doing our work and we're really introverted in our focused five too when we're at our best, but it doesn't mean we're going to leave our people skills behind or forget people because that could be a very selfish way to self-protect. So let's move on to eights. I think eights really have the same thing. Of course, out of all the types, the one I heard most about was female eights. A lot of people said that they know that women are just targeted that are female eights and slandered as female eights and that male eights are given a lot of laud and respect. And sometimes that's not true about male eights. Sometimes they get called grumpy or crass or mean words. I know because I grew up under an eight. And when you grow up under an eight, it seemed to me that it was either you really like my dad or you don't like him at all. So I think that that's really something I would say for both male and female eights. But I hope that you won't be as black and white as that because I hope you will give your eight or the eights you know a chance to really show you their heart because they have a huge heart. And just because they have a big presence and you may not be comfortable with anger, understand that they're really good at bringing it all out right there so that they can be honest and vulnerable with the people they care about. Now, when they're hurt, they're not going to be vulnerable. They're going to self-protect. And that's why we know that at their worst, their fear is being vulnerable to people they can't trust. But their fear isn't being vulnerable to the people they love and trust. They will be vulnerable to those people. But if they keep getting wounded again and again and again, they're not going to keep going back and being gluttons for punishment. So that's really how the eight works, whether male or female. And they're very industrious, hardworking, love goodness, love doing the right thing, but they have a lust for life. So of course, with both, you want to make sure you're watching just like with the seven that you're allowed to be strong and fun and brave and laugh heartily. But if you notice there's a discrepancy between the ways you treat men and women and it's grossly out of proportion, then do look at that and say, is this going to win me trust amongst my peers or do I need to make sure that I'm leaving room for others not to misinterpret me. And and I hate that for you. You don't have to do it. It just, it's something that I've learned to do over the years that I do grieve. I'm like on this side of heaven, I'm not going to be able to laugh as loud or as hard or as long with everybody because I'm going to need to show some reserve and not, you know, give people the impression that I like them as a sexual liking. So you have to do that sometimes because people don't understand your gift. And that's okay because your gift, like we said with some of the other types, isn't for all times in that specific way. If you're in a moment where you need to be an introvert and you need to just listen and let another couple tell their story without you interrupting and being the life of the party, then so be it. That's how you're going to connect in that moment. doesn't mean you can't shine brightly. It just means that you're going to have to understand how to take a curtain call sometimes or how to be on the set versus on the stage. So I want you to practice this eight as a male and as a female and as a strong female. I want you to continue to show the way to the rest of us about what it does mean like to succeed and to be strong and to be brave because you give us so much female eights and we just want to honor you because of all you've been through. So thank you. And then nines, I want to say you guys really are 
patient and loving and peaceful. And male nines, some of you said, are a little more musically inclined. But then I had female nines saying, no, 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 I'm female and I'm musical. And my daughter's a musician. Her name is actually Melody, who's a nine. So I know that both males and female nines can do so many great things. You guys are like that great river who can just take everybody along with them in a beautiful potpourri of song and laughter and fun and caring when you're at your best. And sometimes that's not musical, but it's just in the ways that you bless the world with your teaching and sharing. And I can't get more specific because you're such a diverse type that you do really belong in all the fields, not just diplomacy or HR or teaching, but you're in every corner of all the fields. So I wish you well in that way. And I want to say as far as the nine wings, they're a little bit more indicative, I think, of how a person moves in the world as far as male or female, because they're one of the personality types that has a bit more of the feminine archetype. So although, like I said, with four, I don't think a lot of men want to be called feminine. It's more a matter of instrumentality versus expressiveness for health. And like I said, this is a great one to have both because you guys are wonderful at your work and your industry and you go to three in health. And then you're also wonderful at knowing and merging with the feelings of others for that feminine side. So you have the masculine and the feminine, I think, going for you, whether you're male or female. But I think that the differences I've seen are the people I've counseled that are married to a male nine or engaged to one are that they really have to take an interest in what they already have with their nine because they sometimes can say, oh, I wish he would lead me more. I wish that he would be more of a powerhouse when it comes to how I want to be treated with his leadership and ideas and I don't want him slothing out. And I think that that's important to talk about because each type will want something different from their nine. But I also want you to just appreciate your blessings. And that usually goes a long way when somebody is with a nine because honestly, with this personality type, when I start to point out the best parts about your nine mate, how they don't control you and how they let you do your thing, and even the male in particular, letting you be who you want to be and not judging you and not archetyping you as you have to be this one way and merging with you and getting you. Like I know that can be annoying and hard, but that's really nice. So I usually help nine spouses to see that. And I don't do this reframe with everybody for everything, but this is an important thing that I do with this because it goes a long way and it helps people to refocus in on he's not made to be another kind of male. This is who he is and you're not gonna change him into somebody that's a constant tiger. Now, as he gets healthy and he shows his three side more, he should be a productive worker in general. He should be somebody who's really with his anger and knows how to present it. But this is going to come with consistent cardio body work. This is going to come with consistent work, which is a daily hard task. Let's admit it for your type. It's hard for my type. It's hard. And so we're not going to start there. We're not going to say nine. You have to change if you're going to be loved. We're going to say he's awesome. Look what he brings to you. And then here's the work you guys can do together ongoing. So that's how I like to work with male nines. That's what I think about male nines is they offer some incredibly different gifts than many men offer. And there's a lot of male nines out there. So if you're not married yet and you want one, then be patient because you will find a male nine probably. And you will have a few things to lament, but not that many, I hope, especially if you find one who wants to get healthy. And you'll notice I said who wants to get healthy because I don't think we're always at our prime when we're searching for people. And especially when we're in our prime searching, you know, early 20s when our brains are still finishing developing. So potential. And then the female nine, we know that you guys really are often seen as very gentle. But when you're allowed to be who you are, sometimes people are a little surprised that you do have an aggressive person inside and that you are part of the anger triad and that you do have a booming loud voice. And and we know you guys have to get your cardio workouts in too because you have to be able to not let it out with temper tantrums that are grown-up sized and that goes for men too, but just really saying, I know how to take my anger out. I know I have to go to that punching bag before I come in. I know that I don't even feel my anger yet, but because I know it's probably there deep, I'm going to address it. And I'm passionate about this because I know a lot of nines who are having to take meds because 
they haven't done that and there's no blaming them. It's just, I want the best for them and I want the best for you. So make sure you're doing this almost every day. And when I say almost, I mean, I get it that you can't every day, but try to find various things you can do even in seasons when you can't do one thing. So make sure you don't say, oh man, I hurt my ankle. I can't work out. Just say, okay, I'm going to do an arms day or an abs day and try to get your list going. So you're up and moving too, just like with the four and the five, you guys need to stay in movement. So I want to make sure you know that. And then I also want to lastly let you know, I see female nines is very innocent a lot of the time. And that's great. They want to be Puritan-like in some ways. I know my dad always said that about my mom. He was always like, Nancy, you're like the scarlet letter. You just want this Puritan outlook on life. And a lot of the nines I've worked with have been like, I don't want to talk about sex or really have it much because that's not important to me. And they're sleeping to their body or they're not caring how men are with their bodies. And it's important that you really start to show up for you nine and say sex is part of life. It's part of the design for healthy connection. And I want to be part of everything that's healthy. So how can I get to be a part of this, have the conversations. And I think you'll be very happy you did. And you can still be innocent. You don't have to be feeling like you're not because you are doing something that's really healthy and natural. Just understand that it's in your marriage and it's safe and it's good. So I hope that that's helpful for us to really think together about the differences and the cautions about each type as males and females. I hope that we can give ourselves the grace to keep growing and to be precise with our people, not generalized here. I'm famous for my seven generalizations, but if you want more details, keep listening. I'll keep going through things as detailed as I can get. But don't forget to listen to podcasts like Suzanne Stabile and CP Enneagram with Beatrice Chestnut and Uranio Paez and Ian Cron because you're going to get people who have been studying for years. So, And don't forget to enter our podcast contest. I'm looking forward to reviews and I love learning what you want to see more of. Sometimes people tell me that on a review and I love to give away merch. So don't forget the code merch for 25% off merch right now. And let me know when you leave a review so that I can enter you for the contest for the 30 minute session and the two t-shirts and the R&R books. So I hope you have a great day and check out our bonus episode when we get that going very soon too. So you can hear all about your fun TV show typing. Okay. Take care you guys. Bye.